0: Alright, we Welcome to the I Can Minority Podcast, episode 39. I am one of your hosts, Gigi Shuttlesworth, aka Benjamin O'Davis Jr., and we're back at it again. I want to give a... Um, former apology for being gone for like the past two weeks, but I want to let you guys know that as of right now, we're back to our regular scheduled programming of week content and slow jamming, but this beat hit is so jamming. <laughs> Shout out to Kanye. Um, nah, for real. We're going back to every week. We used to, we went to every two weeks for a while, but we're going to get back to it because we need to get y'all more content because we love you, Awkward Misfits. We as in me Kediva, or Kediva, N.I., and I. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Because Lady Kediva, will be coming back to the show. She's finally wrapping up her home makeover and all that other stuff. Because, you know, she just got a new house. You know how women be. They got to fix it up, get it all fancy and stuff. So she's been going for the show for a while. Because she was looking for the house. Then she found the house. Then she had to fix it up the house. You know, make it look nice. Not fix it up like, you know, like she's out there, like demo day in it or whatever. She's like... Putting you know, getting the fancy, pricksy for the you know women stuff, whatever. I'm gonna, I wanna, I wanna. Can we invite y'all to the housewarming? I'm gonna invite y'all to the housewarming. Everybody, can come on over to the housewarming. Everybody, all the mist, all the awkward misfits. Just make sure you take your shoes off at the door. Bring some pizza or something like that. But anyway, yeah. So we're going back to regularly schedule. This is why I can't do the podcast by myself because I'm so all off topic. But yeah, we're going back to the regular schedule programming. So yeah. Be looking forward to an entire episode next week. But, yeah. I wanted to do this podcast episode especially because I deleted the other one. Shout out to me. It was a pretty good one, but it wasn't, you know. I wanted to do this one especially because last night I got the news of a lifetime. Now, there's one listener of the podcast. She's been listening for a while. She um told me that she's going to make me a movie offer, right? She wanted me to do... To be the um do the um voiceover for this movie that she's working on. She told me what it was, but I want to want to give y'all the whole rundown of it. Like she said it like a couple months ago. I think it was like three to four months ago. She said that she's going to make the movie offer, and she kept on saying they're going to make the offer, they're going to make the offer, blah blah blah. You know, so I'm waiting, I'm patient. You know, I'm being patient with. It. I'm trying to practice patience or whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not gonna get too high. I'm not gonna get too low about it. So then yesterday on the eve of Black History Month, she finally makes the offer. Now the movie, the movie, well, is documentary. Is near and dear to my heart. Because as y'all know, I love black history. And I love talking about black history. I love giving black history lessons. So y'all already know this February, we're going to give y'all a million black history lessons like we did last February. So the movie offer is to do the narrative, the voiceovers for the Tuskegee Airmen documentary. Yes, the Tuskegee Airmen documentary. The first black African-American fighter pilot pilots. I can't pronounce that word. That's a problem. I might, I might not be doing this movie no more. Not just saying, but yeah, she, um, she finally, she finally, it's a, it's an older woman, however. She used to run the Tuskegee Airmen Museum here in Georgia, and then she moved, and then she moved this, to, um, the Hartsford Airport or something like that. So it's going to be pretty amazing. Like I was already honored that she thought that I would be amazing enough to even want to be in something so monumental. And then for her to actually come through with the offer, I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Because Fox approved it. She had to get it approved by Fox. So now that Fox had approved it, we're good to go. Like, she said, we're shooting in the next month or so. Boy, my, my mom is so, Lord have mercy Oh my soul. I'm so ecstatic about it. So I was like, man, you know what? I want to make a fresh podcast episode just for this. I don't, I'm not going to talk too much about this to see Airmen on here. Because I want y'all to watch the documentary. It's going to be in like a million schools. Hopefully, it's going to be a million schools. Why am I exacerbating everything in this episode? It's going to be in, uh, some schools. Hopefully, a million. It'll be nice. It's funny. I love that the kids are going to get to learn about these amazing men. Now, I would recommend you go out and watch the, um, the sticky Airmen movie. Not the Red Tails one. The Red Tails one is no good. I'm talking about the one with Lawrence Fishburne and, like, Cuba Gibbons Jr. Because that one is the raw, gritty one. The Red Tails was more of a Disney movie because it was shot by George Lucas. And, like, Aaron from Boondocks had a part of it. So I thought it would have a mixture of the good and the bad and the ugly. But it didn't have a good, the bad, and the ugly. You would think these men was just doing these heroic things. Just to do, you know, with, with no backdrop of racism or nothing like that. Like, they had, like, one racially tensioned scene. Because because you got to think, if you're the first black person to ever do something in this, in history, this is like when Jim Crow laws was around. So, you're the first black people to do something while, like, not even being treated like a U.S. citizen. So, where's the fucking racial... T- okay, I'm not going to... You know what? I'm not going to go into that. So, the, mo- the mo- that, just don't watch Red Tails. Don't watch Red Tails. Red Tails are telling that lies. Actually, just watch the documentary when it comes out. Because it's going to be amazing. Speaking of amazing, this is just shaping up to be like one, two of the most amazing weeks of my life. Because as y'all know, I love the Falcons, and the Falcons are playing in the Super Bowl this week. And it still hasn't clicked in my mind that they're actually playing in the Super Bowl this week. Like, like, y'all don't understand. I didn't grew up. I didn't. I didn't been through a lot of pain. I didn't been through a lot of pain as a Falcons fan because we don't have we don't have ups. We just have downs. We just have moments when you wait for their disappointment to come, like. Whenever, even when we we on the hot run, even in 2012, when we was beating the 49ers, we was up like a million points. There we go, exaggerating again. When we was up by like a million points, I was like, man, I don't know. My heart can't take this. Some some stupid shit going to happen. And then we end up losing. And I get into the Super Bowl that year. So this year, I'm like, bait, I waited with bated breath. I didn't get too high on the Falcons. I didn't get too low on the Falcons. I stayed in the middle. You know, I didn't, I didn't go off and do this. You know, cause y'all, y'all, y'all know how I go. I got when I go, when I go about the Falcons, when I go. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna try a new approach this year, and it seems to be working, which is being calm, cool, and collected. But let me tell you right now, I am a I don't care what's going on Sunday. I don't care what y'all got going on. I don't care. I don't care if you offer me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to offer me, but I don't care. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if the Beatles, I don't care if, the, I, don't care if the, I don't care if the Eagles are having a concert. I'm staying my ass at the house watching this Falcons game by myself, ready to root them to victory because, God, if they win, I want them to win so bad. Because Tom Brady already got a million fucking Super Bowls. It's like you already got four turkeys. Let us have a turkey. We want a turkey. We like turkey, too, with the gravy, the dressing, the, cra- the cranberry sauce, you know. No mashed potatoes. want you can keep the mashed potatoes. I don't do that shit. You know what I'm saying? We want the yams. We want to eat good too. Like you keep on getting all the food. So I don't know. I'm gonna be ecstatic this this weekend. I'm gonna be losing my mind. I'm like a bundle of nerves. Like I'm nervous about. I'm I'm more nervous about this than I am about the Sustiki Airman documentary. Like I probably got to do voiceovers for like a million hours. And I'm but I'm no more but I'm more nervous about the Falcons playing on Sunday in the Super fucking Bowl than I am about something that I actually have to physically do myself. Cuz y'all don't understand. Like I've been waiting on this moment since 1999 cuz if y'all remember the Falcons played the Broncos in 1999 and got demolished. And that broke my fifth grade heart. Like, I, I fifth grade, I was pissed the fuck off. Cause I remember all of Atlanta that Friday, we had like a Falcons day. Like, I mean, the MARTA had like the Falcons billboards. We all wore Falcons gear to school. We always red and blackened it up. But my, uh, my, um, I remember not enjoying the moment fully. I remember being like non optimistic. I was a pessimist at fifth grade. I don't know why I was pessimist at fifth grade. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck going to happen. I don't, I don't think it. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. But, you know, I'm dirty burden with everybody else because we. It, it was just the city was alive. Like, you saw so many people, like, high-fiving each other. Like, yo, when they won last week, I hugged the shit out of a random woman. I didn't even know this woman. I just hugged her. I said, I asked her, can I hug her? And she said, sure. And then I hugged the shit out of her because I was so happy. That they had won, like she was just the person. She was just like the person in my closest vicinity. Like I was just so. That's how much joy I had. That I I was just happy. So I would hug anybody. Not anybody. Not Trump. I would not hug Trump. I would have been like, Nah, bro. I'm good. I would have hugged myself. But anyway, I would hug almost anybody. So I don't know. I don't. I thought I was gonna cry that day. I was like, Man, they lose. I'm gonna cry. They win. I'm gonna cry. I, didn't cry. I actually didn't cry. If they went the super, but I might cry. I ain't I ain't a lot to you. I ain't a lot to you. Call me. Call me whatever you want. call me whatever you want whatever you want but i might drop a tear i don't know it's just because we've been waiting for so long because i don't know just i'm just i'm getting all emotional about football because i'm just thinking about all the people that have died in between 1999 and 2016 or whatever and they didn't get to see the falcons go play in the super bowl again like i might not even sleep saturday because i'm scared or die like i might like with my luck I might fuck around and die the day before the damn Super Bowl. So I'm like, I'm I'm not even going to sleep. That's how fucking nervous I am. I don't know, I'm bushing with y'all. But yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, we're going back to our regular schedule programming. This is uh, <laughs> a lot of y'all are new to the podcast. So I want to give y'all like a sense of what our Black History Month podcast is sound like. So I'm throwing one of the ones from last year at the end of this. So see y'all next week. Follow us on all Instagram. All social media. That is the awkward minority, and on Twitter is minority awkward. And we'll catch y'all next week. Now, that sounds weird right, cause it's only catch you when we see you. Oh, we out. Well, what I'm definitely, what I was definitely looking forward to on this podcast was talking about Black History. I won't pay no mind to the people that keep on going. Why don't we have a White History Month? Well, you do. It's called Every Day. Read your history books. But getting back to Black History Month, Black History Month is important because it's a chance to highlight the opportunities afforded to us by the freedom fighters of the past. It's also a chance to showcase the accomplishments of black people past the names of Marlo De King, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, and in the occasion, Harriet Tubman. Society loves to give off this notion that we are one, but I have yet to find Fred Shuttlesworth in a history book, the co-founder of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Yet Christopher Columbus is celebrated for getting saved at sea by the people who he eventually enslaved and killed each year. You can't tell us that we are one if you're teaching about the Wright brothers, but have yet to acknowledge Andrew Young. I already know they're not teaching Huey Newton in school. Cause they can't even distinguish between the fact that the new black Panther party and the black Panther party are two different things. Cause they are the black Panther party was established in 1966 and disbanded in 1982. The new black Panther party is called the new black Panther party because they are not the black Panther party and they do not have the right to call themselves the black Panther party. They're also a bunch of racist assholes, but back to the black Panther party. The Black Panther Party was put in place to arm citizens and moderate the behavior of the police officers and to challenge police brutality. So they basically was in the hood protecting the people in the hood. Another thing they did was they had programs like free breakfast for children and they also had health clinics. How do you feel about black? How do you feel about black history in schools? I feel like it should be taught as much as white history is being taught. That's only fair. I mean, if both races are in the same school, why is it only one sided? That's history that's taught. Exactly. Black history is American history. So it should be taught year round, just like white history is taught year round. Like, you can't tell me that it's, that, it's, that it's hard to teach it because you got so many people to pull from. You got Miles Davis, who woke up black and just knew how to play instruments. It's a joke. You got Marcus Garvey. You got Arthur Ashe. You got Mae Jameson. You got Marie Brown. You ever heard of home? You ever heard of a home security system? Yes. That black woman and her husband invented that. You got Langston Hughes. You got you got <clears throat> you got Jesse Owens, aka the Buckeye Bullet. You got <laughs> you got George Washington Carver. He created over a hundred products using peanuts. So now you can't tell me that you cannot incorporate this into american history because they're responsible for a lot of things that are great you ever drove a car before mm-hmm. you got richard spikes to thank for that because he invented the auto gear shift wow and i'm not and i'm and this is another like it's it's so easy to incorporate these people you got andrew jackson beard That andrew jackson beard was born into slavery he spent 15 years as a slave when he got out of slavery he had his own farm on his farm, he invented a plow, not the plow, but he invented a plow. He went on to invent a pl- another plow, plow number two. From that, he went on to improve the steam engine. And you know the things that connect one train car to another train car? Mm-hmm. Those are called knuckle couples. He, he invented that. Wow. So... When you talk about black history, black history can be incorporated into anything you want to. You can go to Lewis Howard Lattimore. Lewis Howard Lattimore. You ever heard of a light bulb? Yes. Yes. See, they'll teach you about light bulb, and they'll say Thomas Edison invented it. But Lewis Lewis came through, and he perfected it. See, at the time, Lewis were working for You heard this dude called Alexander Graham Bell? Yes, I did. Yeah, the man that made the telephone, Lewis is like the BC See, Lewis is like the Beyonce of them. You know that Beyonce song, "Let Me Upgrade You." That, <laughs> he came through, and he upgrade. He up, first, first, first. He upgraded Alexander Bell because he came through. He said, "Yeah, your telephone's cool, but if you want to get a pattern, pattern for it." Because he, because um, not only was Lewis a vendor, he was also a draftsman. Because back because before in order for you get something to pattern pattern, you have to draw it out. So he said, Come in. He said, Come in, let me show you what you're doing. So he drew out the telephone. He improved that. So he got that pattern for um Alexander Graham Bell. Thomas Edison came through, came through and took note of it. And he and he had um Lewis come on with him. And Lewis came through and he noticed that the um the filament in the, in the first, in the first, um, in the first light bulb, it burnt out quick. So Lewis came and he invented a filament made with more durable carbon. He then took that and he put the pattern into the U S United States electric company in 1881. And then he patterned the other, he made another filament and he patterned that in 1882. Now, He was popping. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have no lights in the house. We also wouldn't have no telephone to talk on. And another thing that he invented was a coat rack. He improved the elevator. It's so many things that these black men are doing that people are not talking about. Now, if you want to take it to a child level, we're like, oh, we can't teach children that. They won't comprehend it. They will comprehend it. But okay. Have you ever heard of potato chip? Yes. Do you want to hear the story of the potato chip? Of course. Okay. Well, the story of the potato chip starts with George Crumb. George was a black man. His father was a black man. And his and his um, mother, she's a Native American. So his mom is a Native American. His dad's a black man. So he started his whole career as a mountain tour guy going up and down the East Coast, just giving out tours. Now... He finally settled down at a place called the Moon Lake House. Now, the Moon Lake House, he was a tour guide, and he was a chef. So he was doubling up the money. He was making the money cooking. He was also making the money being a tour guide, a mountain tour guide. So the the story about the chip is pretty funny because (laughs) a customer complained because back then they had French fries, Uh but it was more of a circle kind, and it was cut (laughs) real thick. Now, a customer complained to him that it was too thick, and he even called it soggy. He called the man French fries too thick and soggy. Now, Crumbs had a sister, and she was the shoe chef. She was angry. You're not going to call our fries just soggy. You're not going to call them too thick. Who you calling them thick? You know, you know. Piss. <laughs> so, George goes, and he goes, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him. You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cut them so thin that is no way you can call them thick. And as you probably can guess by now, it backfired. He loved them. And it eventually became a house special. George went on to um to have his own restaurant where he served french fries and french fries and potato chips and all this other stuff. And that's the story of the potato chips. So you have George to thank for the potato chip. A black man. That's pretty cool. Exactly. Now... <laughs> I'm going to bring it back full circle. I'm going to bring it back to something that everybody can relate to. Jackie Jernakursey. Jackie Jernakursey was a bad motherfucker. And when I say bad, I mean bad. Not to be, conflu- not to be confused with her sister-in-law, Florina Griffin-Jernakursey, who also known as Flojo for everybody out there, the fastest woman of all time. Flo jo was fast Flo Jo was fast and she also had those long nails like you know those you know those really super long nails that a lot of women wear back mm-hmm. in the day in the 90s or whatever mm-hmm. Flojo was oh flowjo was Flojo was killing them with the fashion <laughs> she said her she set the record for the 100 and the 200 in 1988 she ran that so fast that his yet to be challenged she ran the 100. In ten point six seconds, and she ran the two hundred in twenty one point three. Now, for everybody that don't run track and not familiar with how fast that is, that's lightning fast. Like, she can run from one end of the football field and back to the other football end of the football field in twenty seconds. Wow! That's how fast. That's how fast her one hundred is. A football field. A football field is a hundred yards. So if you run back and forth, you only do she only doing that in 20 seconds. Wow, that's amazing. Commercial. She runs faster than a commercial. A commercial lasts longer than her running. That's how <laughs> fast she is. Wow. Rest in peace to her. <laughs> like during her lifetime, she won four goals, three silvers. But back to um, back to Jackie Jarner Kurtz. That's how great you are. When your whole family, when, when your sister-in-law is as great as you, I bet you those Thanksgivings was fucking hell. Like, oh, who who gonna race me? You wanna race me? You oh, you think you the fastest in the world? I'm the fastest in the world. I bet they had a whole bunch of legendary races that went down between those two. <laughs> their their <laughs> discussions probably lasted for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, oh my god just straight just like oh look at my medal look at my gold and look at your gold like your gold we get yeah, <laughs> Jackie, Jackie Joyner Kersey by Sports Illustrated for Women she was voted as the greatest female athlete of all time not in track and field not of her not of her not of this century of all time that is greater than the great the god Serena Williams that's how great she is now, Jackie, Jordan, and Cursey competed in the Heptathlon. The Heptathlon combines seven events, and the name derives from the Greek word hep, which is seven, and Heptathlon, which means contest. Now, the women's Heptathlon, they compete outdoors. The events consist of the 100-meter dash, the high jump, the shot put, the 200-meter hurdles, the long jump, the javelin throw, the 800 meters now for comparison the men they do it inside because they're wussies and they also do 60 meters the long jump the shot put the high jump the 60 meter hurdles the pole vault and the 1000 meters now to me it sounds like the women they have to do more than the men yeah because pole vault is pole vault but please i got a high jump Nobody wants to do high jump after you just did after you just did the hundred meters. You don't do no high jump and shot put. Man, please get out of here. Now, in her time, Jackie Jarna Kersey, she won three gold, one silver, two blonde, two bronze Olympic medals at four different Olympic Games. Now, the Olympic Games are four years apart. So four different Olympic games, and they're four years apart. At the World Champion Games, she won four goals. Now, I want to break down her greatness for y'all because I don't think y'all feeling me out there. I don't think they feeling me. You think they feeling me? Not yet. They ain't feeling me. I'm going to explain her greatness. And we're going to start with the silver medals. She won her silver medal in 1984 in Los Angeles in the Heptathlon. Line. She was still in college. She was a baby. Yeah. A baby. She was a baby. Now let's break down the bronze medals. She won the bronze medal in 1992 in Barcelona in the long jump. Now, as you if you remember what I said back when I was talking about the heptathlon, she had already did the high jump or my bad, the long jump in her heptathlon. So she probably was like, "Whatever. I I take third. I don't even feel like jumping because when you do um cuz when you do when you do long jump, you can just say, "Okay, that's my best. I don't want to do no more." So she said, "Okay, I want to do no more." And then and she won another bronze in 1996 in Hot Atlanta in the ATL. So at that point, she had to be a little older because that's that's a long difference. That's four year difference again. Again, every Olympics is four years apart, so that's four year difference from the Barcelona in Atlanta. So she probably was like, okay, I'm cool, because that one she took third in long jump again. So she's probably like, okay, okay, cool. Now watch this. Watch these gold medals. Watch these gold medals cook. She won a gold medal in 1988 in the Heth line. She won a gold medal in 1992 in Barcelona, and she won another. And she won another gold in 1988 for the um, long jump. So she was. Y'all need to understand. The woman is one of the great. She's the greatest female athlete of all time. The two bronze, she just gave the goal away. She gave the goal away Mm -hmm. because she already won it. Ask me how I know she just gave it away. How do you know? How do I know? Because as of today, Mm -hmm. February 2016, Jackie Jordan holds the world record in the heptathlon along with the top six all-time best records in the long jump with the record of 7.49 meters is second on the long jump all-time list. In addition to heptathlons and long jumps, she is a first-class world-class athlete in the 100-meter hurdles and the 200-meter. Wow. She's top 60 of all time in those events, men and women. That's how you know she just gave it away cuz she 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 holds the top six records in long jump. The top <laughs> six records. She probably was like, "Fuck it, I can't compete with myself, so I might as well just jump." I wouldn't be surprised if she jumped one time when she was when she was in Barcelona. I pre- mm-hmm. she probably she pretty much just jumped one time. Was like, "Okay, I'm gonna chill out." In Atlanta, <laughs> she probably like, "I'm old. I'm I'm getting old, and I'm gonna let these young girls have it. Let some other American." and get this goal baby get that go baby she thought I like get that go <laughs> oh my goodness that is so cool I wonder if anybody um, asked her about like her diet and you know what kind of <laughs> daily routine she had because she must have you know had to do a lot of um, exercise every single day and, and you know stretch and everything to get to that point. <laughs> Man, that is a discipline. Like that is a discipline. Her and her, 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 um, flow joe That was a discipline. They had to be on something, They had to be on something like probably like sh- straight chicken breast and corn and a whole bunch of vegetables. But yeah, it's like Black History is fun if you just choose to teach it. You saw how I gave three different examples or three different situations where you can teach Black History, or if you want to, if you want to break it down to a lower point, you could be like. Ask everybody in the classroom to raise their hand if they ever seen a traffic light. Raise your hand if you've ever seen a refrigerated truck. Raise your hand if you ever heard of the, uh, open heart surgery. Now, Daniel H. Williams didn't invent the procedure, but he was the first person to successfully do it.